Welcome to the Dream for Others podcast. I'm Naomi Arnold, an award-winning business and life passion coach, writer, speaker, and human rights activist. This show features inspiring conversations with those who use their platform, passions, and uniqueness to make a difference in the world. If you are big-hearted, open-minded, a lifelong learner, and are on a mission to help create a better world, this is the podcast for you. Now let's get started and dream for others. Today I am stoked to have one of my favorite coaching peers, Lisa Kate Miller, on the Dream for Others podcast. Lisa is a business coach and digital strategist who works with women who want to build a successful business whilst raising a family. She has worked on the web since 2002, helping everyone from large multinationals to small local charities build their online platforms. Lisa spearheaded search strategy at Australia's largest media company before leaving to follow her insatiable passion, building her own online business. Over four years, Lisa built a profitable business and grew a huge online community which she sold in 2014 to focus on helping other entrepreneurs establish their brands and build better businesses for the 21st century. I was blessed to meet Lisa through the Beautiful You Coaching Academy, where we both studied and became certified life coaches. Lisa is one of those humans that unknowingly gives you warm fuzzies in her presence. She is so incredibly thoughtful and generous, and we share many passions, especially when it comes to running value-based businesses and using our platforms as a force for good. I cannot wait to chat with her today and share her thoughts on Dreaming for Others with you. Hi, Lisa. Welcome to the Dream for Others podcast, and thank you so much for joining me today on a weekend and giving us some time to share your advice. Hi, Naomi. My absolute pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me, even on a Saturday morning. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for giving a bit of it up. (laughs) So we might just start, if you could please tell us a little bit about your story and how you came to be in the business that you are in today and how your passion for using business as a vehicle for good was born. I actually um, denied a little bit because my story can be, um, it's a bit of a patchwork quilt, um, but I thought I'd go a little bit further back today because I think it's relevant for what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. And I actually started my career, which I don't mention in my bio, as a zoology major in science at university. And I totally loved um, that whole area and it got me a job at Australia's oldest natural history museum, which is the Australian Museum in Sydney. And it was while I was working in that museum that I came into contact with the web and all things digital. And this was way back in 2002. So things were pretty early on, but um, the team there were really amazing. And um, over that time, I actually retrained and moved from being a scientist into being a manager of digital projects and all that sort of stuff. And from that role, I jumped across and started working in many digital agencies and for other big media publishers, project managing, product managing, doing all sorts of things like that. And then 
in around 2009, my desire, which had always been there, even though I studied science and stuff like that, to start my own business just got um, overwhelming and I felt that I could do this thing on my own and so I left to start my own business. And there was another thing in the back of my mind, I knew I wanted to have kids really soon and I really wanted to not have someone else dictate my time when I had kids and sort of work to my own vision as well. So those things came together and in 2009 I created um, a business called Puppy Tales, which is all about dogs, um, which kind of, you know, harked back to my years of, you know, interest in animals and things like that, but also drew on then all this digital experience. And I spent the next four years building that business, which started as a single blog post into a big online store and a really big community. But along the way, a lot of people started asking me how I was going about building that business. And, you know, how did they register a domain name through to how did they, you know, get on Facebook and all those sort of things. And I started kind of doing this side gig of just helping other people in my spare time, um, getting their business dreams up and going. And that kind of built and built until eventually someone recommended me to a coach and said, why don't you, you know, take that sort of side gig you're doing and investigate it a bit more and, you know, this person can help you out with it. And that was Julie Parker, mm-hmm. who we both know is like the CEO of the beautiful You Coaching Academy. And she at that time was not running the academy but coaching and basically – she suggested that what I was doing was probably coaching, <laughs> uh, which was, you know, a revelation to me. I hadn't really thought about anything like that. And over, you know, a bit of time with her and then actually studying myself to become a certified coach, I knew that that was really where I wanted to go in my future. And even though I loved um, puppy towels, I couldn't do both. And so in 2014, I became a certified coach and I sold my business. And that kind of, you know, since that time, I've been working as a business coach and a digital strategist and helping other people um, build their businesses around that. So that's my very long winded story. And I hope to uh, reflect on some of that. So um, it's useful in, you know, the rest of our interview. But going back to your second part, which was like your passion well, my passion, sorry, for, you know, using my business as a vehicle for good. I think that started really young. I think that my passion for animals, which started, you know, when I was very young, six or so, I could never kind of reconcile the idea that we would destroy other animals' habitats and things like that. And, of course, you know, a lot of that was often down to oil spills and things like that. So that idea of, you know, doing things for money that were wrong just was always kind of there. And then as a zoologist studying conservation biology, that was really driven home in some of the, you know, case studies and things that we looked at during that time. But then I actually became a business owner eventually and, you know, that juggle and, you know, the conflicts within running a business when you get to the coalface is really real. And so I really reflected on, you know, those other thoughts I had and tried to think about, you know, that whole idea of people, planet and profit together and how you can actually make that work. And I guess that's when I got a bit more um, interested in it and it became a passion of mine inbuilt to kind of 
you know, becoming a business coach and how I can help people think about that type of thing. Isn't it so interesting when you look back with the beauty of hindsight and just see the evolution of how all those pieces started to fall together? Yeah, it's like a total nonlinear path. Yeah. <laughs> but they all, like, you know, yeah, they do all come together. And I guess that's why I went right back into my zoology days because mm. those things have a definite impact on what I do now as all our pasts always, you know, come together and influence what we do now, even though they don't always seem relevant. Yeah. Uh, if you go back in those points of time where, you know, when you went to start up your first business, you probably wouldn't have always thought, well, how would the zoology side of things fit in here? Yeah, not <laughs> And I guess, you know, there's, there's always so much that we learn from, you know, all our experiences in life. But yeah, I guess even just reflecting for our conversation today, I was thinking more and more about, you know, that passion is really, you know, in our family, it was always the joke that I was all about the animals and my brother was the humanitarian. And that's obviously evolved over the years and definitely changed when I had kids. But, you know, those initial really strong ideas around, you know, habitats being destroyed and things like that were just still a part of what I guess I'm thinking about today. Yes, they can't leave you once they're in there. No. <laughs> no. So something I notice on your website in a lot of the articles that you write is that you talk about better business. And yeah. I'm just curious if you could talk us through that a little bit, what, what it is and what it means to you and just briefly what we can, we can do to, to have a better business ourselves. So that idea, you know, obviously rests on the ideas of lots of other people, but it came out of, I guess, what the business I run is definitely not a charity or a not-for-profit um, and I'm not a social entrepreneur at the moment, but I still believe that you can do great work in your business anyway. Um, you don't have to kind of fall into those stereotypical ways of doing great work in the world. Um, so better business, I guess, was just a, you know, an idea that it extends beyond the tr traditional paths for a lot of businesses. So a lot of businesses like run their business and then they might do a bit of charity of volunteering on the side. And those are still vital and important pieces. And I'm sure we'll talk about them more later. But I've really felt that Better Business um, made you just think about going a little bit deeper because we know a lot of businesses that use those type of things, charity and volunteering, kind of as token gestures. You know, like they might have a lot of unethical practices and then they put a Band-Aid on it by giving <laughs> a lot of money, you know, to someone else. And I guess, I, you know, when I talk about that, I want to get to the heart of, you know, what you should be thinking about in your business. And, you know, it focuses on thinking about ways of being, thinking and acting that are open, innovative and ethical and really embedding that down at the very start in your business's vision and purpose and then following it back through to what you actually do each day and, yeah, just having it kind of all in there. And I do sometimes refer to as well and is something called a generative mindset when I talk about better business and that's really about just being proactive and courageous and generous and it work it works in contrast to a competitive mindset essentially mm -hmm. and there's nothing wrong with being competitive in business but often when we're being competitive we're thinking about um you know 
preventing others from creating wealth and resources or taking a slice of their pie in the market or, you know, whatever. And I think that we should just focus on generating our own wealth a bit more and creating a larger pie for all. And when I say wealth, I don't just mean your money in the bank. I mean things like social capital, intellectual capital, emotional, you know, well-being, all those things kind of come into that greater idea of wealth. And I love that. And I love that it's um, something that you have to focus on consciously doing or planning for for your business as opposed to, as you say, that tokenism that at the end just <laughs> donating some money to charity, which, you know, is a good thing as well. But there seems to be a more conscious or deliberate focus of, or effort there. Yeah, definitely. And I think even though I might have just, you know, over uh, explained it then in some ways I think that it's around very simple things because you know I mainly work with solopreneurs and people like that and so it's really just when you build this into your vision it can be very simple things you do in your day to kind of radiate out that you know generosity and things like that and it doesn't have to be massive things that you're going out and doing so what are the, some of those things that you perhaps do in your in your business to run a better business? So I do that. Firstly, I really get into that, um, you know, when I plan and that type of thing, I do think about embedding the impact I want to have into my purpose. And, you know, when you see those Venn diagrams that often you see around and you have like it's kind of four components and then your purpose is in the middle and it's often like your skills and your strengths and your passion mm-hmm a viable business model. So we're talking about purpose around business here, of course. Mm -hmm. And then um, like a willing audience, like a natural market for this. And these like circles fit together and inside is your purpose. I often think of this idea of better business as laying on top of that because I think your purpose must also seek out a greater need in the world in order to make a difference. So I guess I bring it in at that level And so, you know, mine getting more practical is very much about supporting and enabling women who want to make a positive change in the world, but those women also want to become, you know, financially stable or independent. And that's, you know, something that I embed down and build out to then things like my um, values, which are around trust and connection and sustainability. So, you know, that's the first kind of step that I do, I embed it all in there. But then let's, you know, pull it right out and get more practical. And I guess to answer your question, some of the things that I do is I serve my clients. And this is when I say it's really simple things. I serve my clients to my the very best of my ability and deliver them supreme value so that they can go out and then do the same for their customers and clients. And so it's kind of that, you know, you throw a pebble into a pond and you get the ripple effect. And mm. it's kind of, If you can be generous and open-minded and, you know, innovative in what you're doing and how you're thinking and pass that on to your client or customer, then they can go about and do the same. And those little things can have a really big impact, I think. But then we can pull it right back into, you know, the resources and products I use in my business. Where are they coming from? Are they sustainable? How I, who I employ and how they're paid Um, making sure that they have great working environments and, you know, all those sort of things, care of people. Um, And then, you know, as we've discussed, I give to some charities that I have a passion for and believe in 
I volunteer some of my time nearly every week. Like I kind of build that into my calendar. And this is um, a big one for me. I use ethical marketing and sales tactics. Um, And I think that that maybe we can discuss a bit more later, but that is such an important thing at the moment on the internet um, to really think about, you know, how you're selling and marketing and if that aligns back with your vision and purpose. And the one other thing I was going to mention, you know, here that just came to mind then was I also don't hide away from the news and keep up with current issues because I believe in being an active citizen and business owner and if I need to advocate for things or whatever, I need to know what's going on. So I think that's also important. My head is nodding a lot (laughs) (laughs) behind the scenes here at the moment. I just completely resonate with what you say and obviously that's why I'm so attracted to you and what you do. Um, Yeah, but just that it sounds like consciously thinking about what those values are, your personal values and how they apply to then the business setting has carried through in so many different ways when it comes to your business, when it comes to how you serve your clients, how you market yourself and your business to everything. Yeah. And like a lot of the things I guess I'm saying, I think some people do naturally, Mm. but I also think that, you know, we both know lots of examples where people and companies and businesses don't. And so it's really about to get change, we have to be proactive about it. Mm, Yeah, definitely. Now, something else that you talk about, and I suspect that it might overlap a lot with what we've already talked about, but that's why I'm curious to ask about it too, (laughs) (laughs) Um, was around how you talk about using your business as a force for good. And obviously they're related concepts in some ways, but I'm curious to just pull that apart a little bit more as well and, and see if you have anything to say around that and what it means to you and why you're passionate about it. Yeah. You know, this idea is not my idea. This is a massive idea. And I'll get into all the people that are kind of on this bandwagon (laughs) in a moment. But I guess for me, what it means is that I think um, talking specifically now to, you know, entrepreneurs and business owners, we get to spend our working hours each day being quite intentional whether we believe that or not like we choose to you know what we get to do we choose to do in each and every moment so embedded in that is an opportunity to do something good like what we we can choose to do things and so we should choose to do something good with our business and you know what we're putting out there and that opportunity especially I think for people living in countries like Australia where you know we're in a stable and peaceful country actually turns into a responsibility I think you know this is my thoughts on it so we actually have a responsibility to those who don't have all the opportunities we have but want change in this world so if we're going to put all our effort each and every day into the work we do let's make it have an impact in many ways not just for profit Um, you know there's lots of things we could be doing and I guess that's why I get so passionate about it as I just said before like we know lots of examples of business who do not lead on positive change and they kind of don't question the status quo either like they kind of work in business how business has always been done whereas now 
we're in an age of huge knowledge that's accessible to a lot of people and technology and these things are making it so much easier for us to do you know really great things with the businesses that we're running and we don't need to sacrifice people or the planet for profits so I guess that was you know why I'm so passionate about it but building on that like there are a huge number of businesses out there who have actually been doing this idea of you know using your business as a force for good for quite a while and that movement has come around in many ways and we talk about sort of lots of different new economies and things like that. But I think a great example is probably um, the not-for-profit organisation who I know you're really familiar with, B-Lab, and they are creating a global community of certified B corporations who meet like this highest standard of verified social and environmental performance. So they're going about building this community and doing like their whole basis is, you know, building a business as a force for good. And you can definitely find out more about that from the B Lab website. And I think they've got their media company now called Be the Change. Mm. And then on within that, they've got the B directory. And you can go and look up hundreds, I think they might have thousands actually now, of um, businesses who are um, you know, verified and certified according to these standards. And they include everything from Kickstarter is one. Doggy Jewelry, I don't know if you've heard of them, but I have a few of their pieces. They're, they're um, in the B-Lab, in the B-Directory and Alt School and there's just such a diverse range of businesses who are doing it. Yes, I was so surprised when I had a had a look just at the range and the size of the businesses. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And, it's, like, it's great and, like, you know, what I just mentioned there, you know, Alt School is a chain of schools um who are registered there and then doggy jewelry is obviously they're selling earrings and necklaces and (laughs) things like that so yeah a real range but all committed to that idea of using their businesses as a force of good and actually putting standards that they need to hold to around it and you know part of the reason they do that kickstarters talked about this is that you know kickstarter will have shareholders and things like that and when they build this in it means that the responsibility to the shareholders is also you know balanced out by their responsibility to this commitment Um, and it just keeps that as a long-term idea instead of just that current CEO's idea or something like that. Yeah it's all very exciting I have them on my wish list here to hopefully get them on the podcast. (laughs) I'm sure you'll get them. (laughs) (laughs) I've been going through the process myself to try and get my own business registered at some point and I think even if you aren't a more established or mature business yet it's a really uh, informative process to go through Mm -hmm. and just a great way to get you to think outside the box and start to put things in place that you know will meet those standards. Yeah exactly and you've inspired me. I should go investigate it as well. <laughs> yes, it's um that you can do an on. It's like this online process, and um, they ask lots of questions. And for small business, or for myself anyway, there were some that aren't relevant. Mm. But it also got you if you think about it outside the box, and you think about well, how can I make that relevant for me? How will that fit my context? Um, yeah, it's really. I found it to be like a really helpful way to do some of that um, conscious thinking that we were talking about earlier and, yes. and apply processes and, and systems and structures and, and ways of doing things to match those, those values and those passions that you have. Yeah, it's all very interesting. I'll have to get yeah. them on. 
Well, maybe a great place for people to get a blueprint. Like you say, like we can talk about these ideas, but practical ways to go and get a blueprint for even if you don't want to become a B Corp, you know, Mm. think about these ideas in your business. So when it comes to using your business as a force for good, I see that there's a well, there's obviously all different types of businesses. There are those that are more established though, and then there are mm. those who who are newer and they sometimes feel like they they don't have the platform or the money or the resources to be able to to do a lot or to make much of a difference. So I'd be intrigued to hear from you. I know some we've probably already kind of talked about, about some things that more established businesses can do and then perhaps those 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 newer newer people that are mm. joining the online business and business world of things that they can do. In some ways, interestingly enough, I think the list is fairly the same, but I'll I'll go through a few ideas and how you can just bear them out depending on where you are in your business. So definitely that first one that I've already said, you know, and we've talked about it enough, but embedding, you know, the impact you want to have into your purpose and vision and getting deep down into that and that you can do that at any point in your business and in some ways new starters have a little bit of an advantage there if they're you know building their business from scratch they can really start out on that you know right foot Mm -hmm. but you know you can do this at any stage in your business as we all know you know revisiting your brand and um, your vision is something that is always evolving I would say as part of that especially for established businesses that they need to question the business ideas and principles and strategies and tactics that they're already using because I think a lot of us use stuff because everyone else does or you know we're told that that is what works but I guess it's always good to reflect on it does you know does that work for me and does that work for my business and what I'm trying to do and again that kind of refers to you know marketing strategies and tactics that are used online and offline and just, you know, reflecting are they the right ones for my business? Mm. Um, So that's kind of in all that deeper work. But then with people who are established, they probably have amazing skills and experience. And, you know, often people talk about volunteering and helping other people, but I think it's so valuable when people actually do it around their expertise. And this can be mentoring or it can be doing things like, you know, doing some pro bono clients or working with a charity with a little bit of your skills and really furthering what they're doing. And some great examples, like, for instance, I know some businesses that, for instance, have mentored some, uh, these are two graphic designers, and at the end of each week, um, one of the graphic designers mentors um, a person from a team in Africa for like half an hour at the end of the week reviewing, you know, what the work they've done and that type of thing. And this is a charity where they've got people in um, the US and people in, I think, Uganda, and they want to have people on the ground in that place doing those skills, but they also want them to learn from other people within the company. And so they, you know, do some mentoring around that skill set, if that makes sense. Oh, that's Um, amazing. Yeah, So, and it doesn't have to be long. It's just like a quick, you know, half an hour each week type of thing and also if you've got a big enough business where you've got employees then maybe you know that's a great opportunity for you to allow them to work you know volunteer some time around projects that your business is passionate about or even their own causes it doesn't have to be all your time 
So, you know, that's another idea for those that are more established. And I also would say for those that are more established, you could look at becoming an ambassador for an organisation. And I know that, for instance, Naomi, you're an engaging women ambassador. Yes, and so are you, <laughs> I believe. Yes. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so, you know, doing things like that or even like, for instance, charities like One Girl, you can become an ambassador for them. There's a lot of things when you start digging a bit deeper in ways that you can help in a very in a much more targeted way than, you know, just loosely time or money type of thing. And then the last thing I'd say before I move back to the beginners is as an established business or someone who's a bit further along, you can also become as opposed to invest like an advocate for change in areas that you're passionate about. And I've always been a little bit wary of this, like in business, you know, what you want to talk about and things like that. But also I've noticed it's a really big issue right now around there's a lot of interesting things, shall we say, happening in the world with the US presidential campaign and, you know, all sorts of other things. And there has been a lot of commentary that a lot of people who are, um, people who are light workers in the world or that type of thing haven't been talking about it Mm -hmm. and there's been a lot of backlash about that as well like if you believe in something and sometimes you need to use your platform as a force for good around that and so it's just an interesting um you know you can advocate all sorts of things and politics is always a hard one but you know if you do have an opportunity to do that maybe you should think seriously about how you can do it and how in a way obviously that doesn't necessarily damage your business Mm -hmm. but you know, there's an opportunity there if you can do it well. And for instance, Tara Moore recently wrote a really good blog post on that she's going to be talking more about the presidential campaign and that she feels that she needs to do that. Um, I love that. I'll have to, I haven't seen it. I'll have to go and and look. It seems to be something we've always, well, generally in in business have been fearful to do, to speak up and be advocates for, for causes and for especially political causes. But yeah. I, I personally, it's something that I'm really passionate about personally is using that platform and that voice and the type of people I want to work with are the type of people that are interested in these things anyway. So that helps. Exactly. So I love that yeah. you've added that in there. Yeah. And I think that just trying to, I guess at certain times, things that are political in nature sometimes go beyond the politics. And so that's when it's really about, and, you know, there's no black and white right or wrong in the world, but it becomes, you know, we're not talking about some policies or something like that. It's a bigger idea. And I think that's when maybe it's all right um, for people to speak out a bit more. And we can do so respectfully, can't we? Like we don't have to do it in the way that some of those people are doing it out in the world. Exactly. And that's why I think Tara's blog post is probably a really great one to check out because she, you know, says I respect, you know, people's political views and that type of thing, but I am going to be talking more around this going forward. So, yeah, maybe a great one to check out for that uh, example of that. Mm, I'll, I might include it, I think, in the links. Awesome. And I, I guess before we finish off on that question, I was going to give some more to those who are brand new in business and like we said you know they're starting out so they can embed these ideas from the get-go 
but they can do so many things. And that's, you know, one of the great things I think when you're starting out in business and I know we've both done this is do a lot of pro bono work. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's not only giving great, um, you know, experience and skills to the person you're working with, but it also gives that to yourself as well. It's wonderful experience um, that gives you growth when you're new in business. So um, finding the right balance with that, I think, can be um, a great way to do more in this area when you're starting out, Mm -hmm. as well as, and I didn't mention this in the other one, but it applies to both. Giving money to charity is always a great thing, and it doesn't matter if you're giving a tiny little bit or a bigger bit. It all is valuable to most charities that I know. And I would just say if you're only giving a small amount, just do your research and make sure you find someone that really aligns with, you know, what you believe in and what you're passionate about and, you know, go about it that way or find something where you can give them other items or resources. Like, for instance, in our area, we've got a great group called Mummies Paying It Forward and they're not actually a charity in themselves they give to other charities, but they have set up um, like a hundred collection points across Sydney where you can take, um, you know, clothing that's in great, you know, nick or new toiletries and things like that. And they will disperse them to the charities in need. So like there's so many different ways that you can get involved when you're on in your area. And the last thing I think I'd say is while you might not feel ready or you might, but to be an ambassador or maybe an advocate as yet, Support those that are. So, um, you know, stand behind them, go to their events and, you know, help them do the change that they're trying to make. And, you know, because they need your support in order to achieve anything. Yes. And so many of them are under a lot of a lot of pressure there. A lot of advocates are juggling a lot of balls as well. Yeah. Um, and have other other businesses or jobs and things going on. And they're depending on what area that they're advocates for, they can get a lot of public backlash and can be under a lot of stress. So I think that mm. showing them that support and that they've got people behind them and their cause and that that cause matters is mo- like so much more important than what we realise. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You're spot on. Oh, mm-hmm. and the last thing I'd say is I know that you also have a great blog post <laughs> on when you're starting out in business and things that you can do, you know, to support others and that type of thing. So I'd definitely check that out as well. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. And you recently wrote one for the Inspired Coach magazine as well. Yes. That was fantastic. Yes. Yeah. Look at us. We both have all of these similar interests. <laughs> I know. It's fantastic. <laughs> the next question that I had here to ask you was around what some of the causes that you are personally passionate about. And like I know the the plight of animals has been one from, from a young age, but you've been saying a lot of things that sound humanitarian-ish as well. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so I know. I'm intrigued to know what's what causes are kind of firing you up at the moment. I think, you know, I I think I said before that you kind of need to get focused around, you know, what you're doing. And I'm definitely um, not focused around (laughs) this. I have a lot of causes that I'm interested in. Mm -hmm. And I guess, like you said, animals has always been something close to um, my heart. But I definitely, in my business these days, work um, on think about issues that are probably much more humanitarian 
base. So even though while I still give to our local animal shelter and do things like that, um, like the causes that are probably close to my heart at the moment are probably the treatment of refugees um, Mm. in Australia and around the world. And, you know, I've been following the work of Australia for UNHCR around this one, as well as like local groups like the Asylum Seekers Centre. So, you know, that's something that I think also just staying up with in, you know, following the news around these things is important and hearing what's actually happening in various um, camps and understanding what's going on there, I think is important and something I try and uh, follow along with and, you know, give money where I can. Another issue for me is probably education and, you know, children's education, um, you know, specifically sometimes women's education in some countries. Mm. And I guess I'm interested in education for a whole heap of perspectives around, you know, what education looks like at the moment and what it could be. But I guess more specifically, um, you know, like I said, women in some countries haven't got access to education. And I think that the importance of that is huge. And, you know, it not only leads them to leading better lives, but it contributes to better um, communities and societies as a whole that are healthier. And um, in so many ways, it changes, you know, how countries grow and evolve. So, you know, I'd like before I think I mentioned one girl, mm-hmm. um, and they do work in Sierra Leone and Uganda around helping the girls get there get access to education. And then the other guess point I wanted to, because they um, they're kind of both, well, asylum seeker centres not, but they're more global issues. I guess I'm really passionate around us finding a balance between local and global as well. <laughs> and I think that um, I've listened to a lot of, you know, other so- social entrepreneurs talk and that type of thing, and they always make this point that it's really great to start where you're at and in the community that you know around issues because you understand the complexities of what's going on. And I think sometimes when we always reach to, say, a um, nation that's, you know, we don't understand the complexities of how their communities and societies and that type of thing work, mm-hmm. sometimes it's um, not the best place to go and you could do something really locally. Like um, there's some women's shelters in, our, in you know, Sydney you know, it's great to find out what they're doing and the work that they're doing. And it's probably um, much more understandable, you know, what how they're improving the lives of those people. And also I'll mention here, YGAP are great mm-hmm. because they back entrepreneurs who have solutions to local problems. So they're often, um, you know, entrepreneurs within their own country, within their own community, coming up with innovative ideas to improve healthcare or education or something else and why gap go and um, support them instead of coming in themselves and um, trying to put the ideas they have on top of that community so you're very much like me again and we have <laughs> lots of different uh, passions and and sparks behind different causes <laughs> yes <laughs> So when it comes to an individual, whether they have a business or not, and when you're talking about um, causes like those that that you've just been mentioning, what are some of the things that they can do to help drive those change, that social change? And is it things similar to what we've been talking about? So you know, staying tuned in and aware of of the of the issues and and what's happening and 
thinking broadly about how you can how you can help if it's by just showing up and showing support for them is it by donating is it by doing pro bono services or offering some type of skill set to them is it those type of things that you think that we can help with those causes or are there some other things that are popping to your mind when you think of those causes that you've just mentioned um no I think you're spot on I think it's all those things that you just listed there and I guess if I'd add anything it would be you know take small steps um you know you're obviously running your business um so do this in ways that like everything we just take small consistent steps that help us get to kind of the greater goal or idea we have we don't have to do everything at once and we also don't want to block it by going well I don't have lots of money to give or I don't have lots of time um, which is often the most precious resource. <laughs> yes. um, so, you know, just being really practical about it and thinking around things you did. And this is why I guess I refer to that better business idea because sometimes the practicality is, you know, putting good energy out into the world through your clients and what you do and your marketing and so forth and allowing that ripple effect to, you know, take hold. So, you know, just think practically about how you can do this stuff as well as I think, which, you know, is what you're doing through your podcast, but spreading the word about, um, you know, business can be about these other things as well. And, you know, really supporting those that are trying to do it and looking at work, looking and working with businesses who do or go about um, business that way. Yes, and I think that's so important because if you think about everything that we've been talking about today, there's so many things. And if you think, oh, my gosh, I've got to do all this in order to be a force for good or to have a better business, it can be overwhelming. But if you just focus on one thing at a time, like you've been talking about, that, and just kind of integrating them as you go along and while you're mindfully yep. delivering a high level of service, well, that's that's the way to go. Exactly, exactly. And I'm sure we both work with people all the time who have very limited number of hours yes. in their week, as we do, yeah. to work on your business. So you just have to um, yeah, pull it back to things that you can achieve. Mm, absolutely. So I'm now curious to know uh, a little bit about who inspires you to dream for others and to kind of invest in that social change and fairer world and, and be a force for good? There's a few people, but I think I'll actually refer um, Tara Moore, who I talked about before. Mm. She has some great blog posts on her blog. Um, like I said, this recent one about her talking about the presidential election, but there's another great one on being um, a woman and being in this time of transition and that, you know, it just means that you do need to be kind of a revolutionary, whether you like it or not. Um, so she's got some really interesting um, thoughts and ideas, as well as she often talks about really interesting um, research studies and brings them back into practical ideas and stuff like that. Um, so definitely I like reading her stuff. Sheza Shahid, I think I said her name right. She's also really interesting and I you know she's actually she's quite young and she's the co-founder of the Malala Fund oh, yes. and I you know she does a lot of talks and, and you know has a lot of sort of other appearances but she's a really great social entrepreneur 
I think. And if you're into that kind of, you know, going even further and getting into social entrepreneurism, she's a great person to see what she's doing and, you know, has a lot of really great ideas. I think she has a TEDx talk as well. I'm trying to remember, but yeah, she's probably someone that I always find interesting. Who inspires me? This can sound a bit um, cliche, but my kids definitely. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Just, um, I think having them has changed my perspective on a lot of things and they and I probably didn't say it right back at the start but they were also a catalyst for probably how I think about using your business as a force of good and what you want to achieve in business and life in general so I definitely think they're in there so yeah those are a couple of people oh that's fantastic so for the the couple that you mentioned I'll include their links uh, yeah, with the sure. podcast episode, obviously. Well, I assume your kids don't have links yet. <laughs> they have no links. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's funny. So I think we'll just finish by if you can tell me a bit about what's next for you and for your business and how you know you plan to dream for others moving forward. My business recently, I've kind of started working a lot more. I realised I kind of reflected on my coaching in the past year or so and I've been working a lot with mothers and so I decided to kind of niche a bit more and work a little bit more you know really focus on mothers and them building businesses and that whole idea of um, building a business while raising a family and it really ties in I guess for me with all we've discussed because I think because I've talked about these ideas of better business and I just mentioned it with my own kids, a lot of women I think when they have kids undergo a bit of a transformation around, you know, what am, what am I doing, how am I changing the world, what sort of world are we leaving for our kids, all those sort of ideas kind of pour into your brain. And so for me um, a lot of my ideas naturally tie in with, cli- with clients who are mums and what they're building businesses that have their idea behind them, even if they're very small businesses, they really want to have a positive impact on the world. And so it all ties really nicely for me together at the moment, working with those type of clients. And that's not to say that, you know, everyone doesn't, you know, have ideas about using their business um, as a force for good. It's just my experience Um, I think resonates because I grew my first business while having two kids. It really resonates with mums and what they want to do really resonates back with me. So it's that kind of um, relationship. So that's kind of what I'm focusing on in my business at the moment. And then potentially next year I might be doing some, I'm keen to do some further um, studies on um, gender issues and things like that but it's all yet to be decided and in the meantime I will plot on because um, I run my business while taking care of my kids so it's not full-time in the kind of traditional sense of full-time so I'm going to keep continuing what I can do um, when I can do it around you know using my business in the time that I have to do things that I think um, create positive change. Yes, I have the biggest smile on my face <laughs> while well, you've been talking right now. And I just can't wait to see what comes next for you. And I'm really excited that you're thinking about doing further studies in gender issues as well. And yes. and it sounds like you have a very full life juggling a lot of balls there. 
Yes, like we all do. I yes. think you know, um, so many of your listeners, I'm sure, will have very full lives, whether they've got that other job or, you know, whatever they're doing, um, mm-hmm. there'll be a lot there. And you are also talking about, or you not talking, you've, you're doing further study. Yes, I'll be starting next year with my Master in Human Rights, so yes, that should be fun. <laughs> very relevant to this whole um, podcast series, which is very exciting. Yes, it is exciting. I'm sure it'll provide me with lots of, I don't know, I'm sure it'll contribute in some way. I'm not sure how yet, but it will. Yeah, sometimes these things evolve. You, you've just got to start them. Like all things, you've got to get going and then you understand kind of the part that they will play in that kind of next evolution of ideas. But I'm sure it will bring a lot more than you can understand right now. Yes, yeah, I'm sure too. So thank you. Thank you so much for spending your Saturday morning with me and I'm sure that those who are listening will find this just as insightful as what I have. So you can find more of your wisdom and free resources at lisakate.com. And I'll include your website and your social media links and those that we kind of mentioned throughout our chat today on my website, on the podcast page. And I think that's about all. So thank you again so much. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure. And I would always be happy to spend my Saturday morning with you. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Dream for Others podcast with Naomi Arnold. For episode notes, further inspiration, and access to my free resources, please visit naomiarnold.com. And if you enjoyed this episode, I would love for you to please subscribe, leave a review in iTunes, and share it with your friends or peers. Let's continue to dream for others, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye.